everyone and welcome back. Thank you for once again taking some time out of your day to give me a listen. I'm your host Darren and this is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favorite list countdowns and we get to know them and their work a little better. I hope everyone is well and that my northern hemisphere friends are enjoying the warmer weather. Very jealous. It was one degree here this morning and lots of ice on the car. Fortunately I don't mind the cold so all good. Now, obviously, I haven't been very consistent of late with content, so apologies for that first and foremost. I've taken a little time off to spend with the family, and now everything is getting back to normal, and I've also just been very slack. However, I have all I need to complete Season 2, and just have to get around to editing everything, which hopefully I can do now. Now, as I have all that off my chest, let's get to today's guest. Daniel Franken was a super energetic guest and an interesting guy to talk to. He was also surprisingly introspective for someone his age. We obviously talked about his podcast and who he is as a person, but Daniel really understood the assignment. And when we counted down his top 10 list, which was movies that had an impact or changed the way he looked at the world, he left you in no doubt as to why each movie was so important to him. It was amazing to see what he took out of some of these movies that changed his perspective on how he saw the world. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the talk. Anyway, sit back, relax, and share in the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of Daniel Frankham. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by the host of a very interesting show that explores all manner of topics and usually does so in a very humorous manner. Daniel Frankham, aka Frankenstein, is the host of Thoughts, Feelings and Emotions, and each week he and his co-host deliver their unbound opinions onto the world, whether the world likes it or not. I'm happy to welcome him onto my personal guest list and thus onto my guest list pod. Hello. Daniel, how That's are you? a lot more credit than I deserve. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is my first time ever being interviewed, so thank you for having me. Oh, really? It's I an honour. I didn't realise that, so uh, thank you very much no, for accepting. This, <laughs> yeah, this is the very first uh, like collab I've done with uh, another podcast, so first steps and first times for everything. Well, in- um, yes. I was just going to say. Oh no, go on. Yeah, uh, we're considering that. Why don't you tell us who you are? Uh, we'll get to your podcast in a sec, but just give us the the Daniel Frankham backstory and on who you are and where you're from. Take it from there. Uh, yeah. So my name's Daniel, as stated before. Uh, I'm from the UK. So if you can't tell by the accent, because a lot of people think I'm American the first time they hear my voice. Okay. Because I grew I grew up with a lot of American TV and stuff like that. And for some odd reason, people think, because I say a lot of American words, people think I sound American. So you haven't clearly spotted it. So that's good. I haven't started saying like American words yet. So that's, that's the positive. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, I am from the UK, uh, live in a small town outside of London, went to school, did all that stuff, working full time. Uh, Very simple bog standard life okay. i just went the even more bog standard route of doing a podcast <laughs> no not everyone as everyone seems to be doing now after lockdown so 
Well, considering that, I'm, I'm very interested to see how many podcasts actually stick around now that everybody's getting back to their life. That's uh, something yeah. I think you might see a little bit of a increase in podcast fade. So Yeah, well, mine was the opposite because for my podcast, I originally started it in like 2019 and then, or 2018? Was it 20? No, it was 2019 because that's when Avengers Endgame came out and that's why I started the podcast. Um, so I could actually get my I like thoughts and everything out. Yes. Um, and then I went on holiday in 2019 to Italy and I just forgot to go back and do the podcast because my life got exponentially busier. And then um, COVID hit and I was like, nah, I don't want to go back to being a podcaster because everyone's doing that. And then it just, I just went and my mate was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, well, I have one. And he was like, oh, wait, what? And so we just kicked it back up into high gear and haven't stopped since. So so that, mate, obviously is Daniel Weller. Yep. Yeah, okay. He, he, yeah, he's uh, busy at the moment. Okay. So couldn't, couldn't be on the show, uh, uh, sadly. That's uh, maybe next time if, yeah, if we for, do another one. For sure, that'd be great. We could... I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about myself. As much as needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good then. Uh, he came on pretty early too, wasn't it? Like uh, you had the first few episodes that you did were by yourself and yeah. then he came on. Now, that that's always something I find really interesting and it's it's hard to do just do a one-man show. Uh, were you really thankful when he came on? Um, I've, I was kind of uncertain because he's um, – he was a relatively newish friend. Uh, we'd been we'd been mates for ages, but we hadn't really ever like hung out. Probably we met like in because per- it was an online like video game friend from like the uh, like the old school PlayStation Four and P- PlayStation days. Okay. Um, and so we'd interacted, but he lives far. He lives like on the opposite side of England. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So it is all all done over dis uh, like Discord and Google Duo and Zoom whenever we like can have time, and we just kind of got chatting one day, and we just both decided that we wanted to do a podcast, and we were just like, well, I just suggested, well, look, I have one, so we've got already, we've already got the platform, we've already got the um, stuff there there's already some stuff because you need to make i think on most podcasting sites you need to make at least three podcasts before they'll let you start doing it Mm -hmm. that was what i found so i was just like well i've already got the three so we don't need to do three new episodes we could just carry on and reboot it a bit and then we ended up rebooting it again because we originally started having like two hour long episodes because we tried to do the news and then a random topic sort of thing and then we just kind of switched it. Uh, we both realized that it takes too long to edit. Like you're trying to edit down two hours. <laughs> and then Dan, Dan's at uni. So he, he's busy all the time. I'm at full-time work. So I'm always busy. Um, and then, so we were just like, well, look, we'll split it in two. We'll both take our own ho- hosting duties. So Dan hosts the news segment uh, and I host the random unfiltered, un related anything goes podcast uh which we named tbo and then um we'll both edit our separate ones but we'll keep it on the same feed and then people can just kind of we'll label them tfe and tbo and people can w- watch uh, listen to which ones they want to listen to 
And if they want to listen to all, they can listen to all. And they don't have to go to another podcast like uh, channel to listen to it. It's all just there on the one thing. Yeah. I, look, I understand that completely. I do pretty much exactly the same thing, even though it's only me. I, I do uh, review episodes and I do interview episodes. Yeah. So, But I do them all in the same feed because it's just easier. So I, I can understand that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Also, podcasting, people are surprisingly, uh, they there's a cost to it. Like you have hosting rights. I did oh, not yeah. realize that going in. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, you got to host, you got to pay to host this. Oh dear. Okay. And it just like makes it a little bit cheaper uh, to have it on one platform rather than yes. pay, paying a bit more to have it on two. So I was just like, it's a cost benefit yeah, <laughs> as well. Exactly. I had thought if I was going to do another podcast that maybe I'd use Anchor or something like that just for that second podcast to avoid those fees. Yeah. But uh, then I thought, I'll just put it all on the one feed here with Podbean. So, yeah. So, that's about it at the moment. So, very good. Okay. And and the the extra segment, the TBO segment, that stands for the big one, yeah? Uh, Yes. We're debating whether or not to change it to (laughs) totally broken opinions. Because it fits better with the thoughts, with feelings, a bit emotions. lazier. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, it fits better with the thoughts, feelings, emotions. But at the moment, yeah, it currently stands for the big one, um, okay. which was meant to be the big segment of the sh- original show. But yeah, we're ki- currently in the process of maybe rebooting that. Uh, that's why it just got because it originally I was originally um, when when we when I hosted this show, uh, I originally started with welcome everyone to the big one or TFE presents the big one. And then we just, over time, it got shortened to TBO. So we have the opportunity to shorten, uh, change the things, but eventually we might do. It's just, we need to go and redesign our logos. And that takes time that we do not have at the moment. So yeah, it is currently still the big one, but yeah, that's just our kind of random one, mostly quizzes and um, uh, reviews of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And then because we kind of schedule out our program, like stuff for the, so we actually have an idea of what to do. Recently, a show called Arcane kind of threw all of that out the window because we really wanted to talk about it. But because we'd scheduled in so many other things, I just came up with the idea, well, it's TBO. We'll just add N-U-S to the end and we'll call it a TBO-ness. And then we can just shove them out whenever we want that doesn't fit into our schedule. So we just kind of added a new thing and we're going to do a couple more of them soon. So hopefully... Anyone listening, you'll get some extra stuff just randomly thrown in every now and again. Fantastic. Well, lots of content. Uh, that's good. Uh, and what have you thought of Arcane? Oh, it's a, it's a really good show. Yeah. Um, it's based on the League of Legends game, yeah. uh, which I have no interest in. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that game, but a lot of people hate it at the same time. But it's just really well done characters, really nice animation. The storyline is really good. Um, and... It really threw a like just a, a spanner into oh we really want to talk about this but we don't have the schedule to do it so we were just like well we want to do this and that's what it is it's just like well we want to get this out there we want to show people this so we'll just make an entire new segment and just add it to the schedule and if people want to watch it they can watch it or listen to it uh, that's good and obviously movies are. Uh and TV series and things like that are a big part of what you do on on the show. Avatar, why the hate? 
I don't hate it. <laughs> I just don't think it deserves to be the number one highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. <laughs> because I, I, I have like a joke where you ask someone in the general audience, like general public, someone who isn't a big movie person, someone who isn't a like diehard, like do- goes and watches a movie maybe like once a month or something like that. Name the main character in Avatar. Yeah, yeah. Can you name the main character in Avatar? Jake Scully. Yeah. But you ask most random people <laughs> on the street that, and they can't do it. Yeah. But you can ask them who's in the Avengers, who's in yeah. DC, yeah. who's in like the Fast and Furious. They can at least name one character. But you only know the main character like once, and then everyone else you kind of like, oh, wait, who's that? What's their name? And it, it just doesn't seem... I get it's a it's not a terrible movie. It just <laughs> it came out at a time where it was three um, D and everything, and three D was the big rage, and it was more expensive. Yeah, and so you get the added benefit of that. You get there was a lot of stuff out, but I think it was just the hype around the three D. There was it was a decent film, so decent films tend to do better. Like a pretty average movie appeals to a broader audience, and then so everyone will go and see it. Whereas if you have very specific stuff or very niche market it won't be as broadly uh, loved by everyone mm-hmm. so yeah look i think with avatar again i'm not gonna go we're not gonna do a, an avatar review on here or anything like that Are you said it's not on my list as top 10 influential movies <laughs> no no i'm not uh because i've listened to enough of your show to know that uh, your opinions on avatar uh, i liked it i think <laughs> It, look, it's a sort of sci-fi movie, I think, that also brings uh, people to that movie that aren't necessarily sci-fi fans because it is a, oh, yeah. an epic, well-produced, like, the animation, the CGI. Like, we didn't – I never saw it in 3D as such, but the CGI – I didn't watch it in 3D, fantastic. no. I watched it in 3D. Uh, and I think that was a, a step forward in terms of the, the, the quality yeah. of CGI in that movie. And that, that's probably what impresses me as well. Um, obviously, yeah. there's parallels between the storyline and, you know, Native, uh, Amer- Native Americans and things yeah. like that. It's, yeah, it's well known. It's not, it's not something you have to delve no. too deep to find and see the, uh, the imagery there. But, uh, um, so I, I like, I, lo- I liked the movie. I liked it for its technical prowess. Uh, and I yeah. thought visually it was stunning, but uh, it was just uh, it was just odd. Usually, you, you obviously you're a bit of a, a, cine, a cinephile yourself, sort of thing. In terms of the, the, you, you, you see a lot of movies. You, you like to break down I, movies. Yeah. Um, so to I, not- I, I've I've started recently since 2017 uh, keeping record of all the ones I go out and see, yeah. and it's a lot to be honest. I think between 2017 and 2019, uh, 2020, I watched a hundred movies in the cinema. Oh God. Okay. So that was, that's, that's a because we, uh, I don't know if you have it in um, Australia, but we have a, a, a thing, a, a cinema chain called Cineworld, and you can get a, a pass. you pay like a monthly yeah. subscription and you get like a continuous, like as many movies as you want to go and watch. Um, and so I just picked that up one day and just went, well, I'm going to go and see as many movies as I can because I want to get my money's worth out of it. Yeah, we, we don't. But no, I do. I 100% agree. I do not think Avatar is a bad movie. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you. The visuals are really nice. Um, I just think the story lacks in some aspects, um, and it's it. I just forget it every time. I'm like, oh, it just didn't. It didn't grab me. I do. I I. I the one thing I'll say is my my opinion does not matter. <laughs> I will never disagree with someone else's opinion. I just like 
poking the bear. Of course. It's always just a fun fit. It's always just fun to get because it right if people are passionate about something, that's what I love. And if I can poke that out of them <laughs> by just prodding them with the right little questions that make them go, no, I really love that. That's what I want to see. I want to see other people's passions because I I my opinion does not matter. If you love something, by all means, love it. That's the best thing about movies and stuff is it like people I, I've also got controversial opinions about like Batman v Superman, Elite Battle Angel, yes, The I've Last Jedi, <laughs> The Rise of Skywalker. I, I, I can give controversial opinions all day long, but the the one thing that differentiate I think differentiates a lot of people is that people get mad when your opinion is different from someone else. Yeah. And I don't care if someone else's opinion is different from mine because it's, that's all it is, is it's an opinion. Yes. Of course. You can, you can, you can love it and you can hate it, but at the end of the day, it's your opinion and it matters to you and whatever anyone else says, who cares? Yeah. Like I, I love stupid movies that all the more, and I love really high art, classy films. And I love like dumb movies with the rock in them even though i'm not a big fan of the rock but i like ryan reynolds and he's in a lot of them (laughs) he he seems to be yeah for sure ryan reynolds is really funny look like you say uh opinions are like bum holes everyone's got one so uh and my it's whether or not you want to stick your nose into it and get real (laughs) (laughs) okay imagery up in the nitty-gritty of it is whether or not look and you want to start I take sometimes with my my uh, especially my elder son who's uh, he's twenty he's turning twenty one this year and he's mm-hmm. really into movies and things like that and I'll take a contrary stand just because I know it's going to elicit an, a, a response from him and, yeah and he can be quite passionate about stuff so and then halfway through I'll just start laughing or I'll have a smirk on my yeah. face and he'll know that I've just done it to annoy him so um, oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's when you say like. There's a couple of movies that come to mind. Um, Pulp Fiction was one where it was so mm-hmm. hyped by the time I got to yeah. see it that I watched the movie and went, eh. And uh, every time since I had that then, with Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty I, well hyped like, as well. <laughs> I, I'm 23 and I'm turning 24 this year. And a lot of the movies from like the 90s and the 80s that a lot of people, that people have grown up with and love and love to discuss these like pinnacles of cinema i have watched them after they have been ruined every plot point by the internet yeah internet trailers and yeah yeah and i I can go and watch them but i don't get the same first time first hit first sort of love and it's the first like some of the movies on here i watched without any of the hype but are still like really are like well-known loved movies like lord of the rings and stuff like that um and i didn't watch them with any because i watched them young i watched them at like 10 12 maybe and at that age is the perfect age to get people to watch those sorts of movies because they'll stick with them definitely but if you watch them when you're 20 or 23 and you've had the internet and you've like looked on memes and every bloody plot point has been shared yeah yeah and I can appreciate them. I understand like these are the movies that benchmark all the new movies that I go and watch. Mm-hmm. And I can like clearly see the influences of current day movies and on with the old day movies that influence them. And I, I generally do not mind that my, my like people 
Like it's like Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars is the biggest, easiest thing to compare it to because you have three different generations of people who grew up with Star Wars. You have the original people, you have the prequels, and then you have the current ones. Yeah. So people who love the pre like the originals are people who watched them when they came out. And then you have all of the people who hate the prequels, and then you have all of the kids who grew up with the prequels, myself, who love them. Because that's your childhood. Of course. That is the defining moment of Star Wars for you. That's the that's the point. And then these new ones, people might not love them, but these are going to be some kids' childhood. Yeah, definitely. These movies are going to be the ones that define those kids and make them go back and watch the other ones. And then and then they'll be the ones who are in 20 years' time defending them from trolls on the internet. It's like a movie is defined by when like it's it's the first time you view it and it's the first impact of what it it holds in your heart. It's like, yeah. hey, look, this is the this is the moment. This is what gets you into going. Like uh, a new movie that has influences from an old movie might make you go back and watch that old movie, mm-hmm. and then you might discover that you love that old movie. Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, perfect. It's a perfect example, I think, because yeah. um, Blade Runner is loved uh, and exalted by people that watched it back then. Yeah. And twenty forty nine, I think, was a fantastic movie. And if I just saw 2049 and someone said, oh, look, that's based on a, oh, there's a previous movie, I'd want to go back and watch that movie. Uh, I may not like the first movie, you know, it's a generational thing, as much. Uh, And I think, you know, when you look back on on that movie in particular, depending, it's a generational thing. Going back to watch that for the first time, it might you might not get the same impact that everybody did when they first watched it because that was a you know a groundbreaking movie. Yeah, there's like a billion different cuts of that movie, isn't there? Uh, exactly. There's like the director's cut. <laughs> so it's always it's always which one do you watch? Yeah. <laughs> like, which Blade Runner do you like? Um, it's like Zack Snyder's Justice League and yes. Justice League. It's like which one do you like? I actually honestly prefer the Joss Whedon cut because Zack Snyder's one is. It's good. It's better in terms of like actually fleshing out characters, but it's, it's too long. Yeah, it's really it's four long. hours, yeah. and it drags, and it it like it doesn't need to be four hours. If they cut it to like three hours, I would have loved that movie. It would have probably been a lot better. But it's the fact that it's four hours, and it has a weird epilogue at the end where they have Joker and Batman, and the Joker goes and asks for a reach around or gives Batman a reach around. <laughs> it's a very it's just there are some weird choices that Zack Snyder did in that movie, just because why not? Well, it's funny. I actually haven't seen the Zack Snyder cut. I know everyone was the, the Snyder cut was what everyone was waiting for, but was demanding. You have to put away four hours of your life to actually. You know, well, watch it's in it. chapters, <laughs> so you can kind of watch it in chapters, but because it, it was meant to, it was originally meant to be cut into a six-part mini series. Oh, okay. And then I think Warner Brothers went. No, because that would mean you'd have to make it even longer. So, no, you have four hours of footage, cut it down to that, and then we'll release it on HBO because we need something to promote our streaming service that only is in America and maybe in Australia. Uh, Yeah, it's here on, I think, Binge. Uh, Yeah, we do have it here. So, And we have the black and white version and all that sort of stuff. So, But, look, that's a great segue, the fact that uh, talking about impactful movies into your topic Mm -hmm. for today. So I get all my guests to count down a a topic of their choosing, a top ten. So you have chosen ten movies that have left a, a lasting impression or impact or change your view on the world. So these are going to have to be pretty monumentous movies, I dare say. 
let's get to it. Number 10, what's uh, your number 10 movie? My number 10 movie is the animated Disney uh, movie Treasure Planet, which is uh, their attempt at doing like Treasure Planet, but in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, I was debating not putting this on, but every time I thought of a movie that defined like my childhood, yep. it was that movie. And I was just like, well, no, I'm going to put this movie on here. Because this movie bombed at the box office when it came out. And it it kind of was in a long line of misses for Disney animation. And then Disney like bought Pixar around the same time or it bought Pixar. And then just kind of focused more on Pixar being like the highlight of their movie animated section. So they kind of dropped like, because this was around the time where they were doing like straight to, straight to DVD sequels and stuff like that. And yeah. not a lot of hits. But this movie is really good. It's got like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in playing the main character. He's like a teenager who's like rebellious and doesn't want to do, but loves his mother and wants to go on an adventure and just explore the galaxy. And it's just a very nice, well done movie. And I was thinking about it because Disney's doing a lot of their live action reboots of their classics and stuff like that. And they're doing all the popular ones because they'll make the money. But they lose the charm because everyone's seen those movies and you don't want to watch your childhood Disney movie in live action because it just takes away something. Yeah. It ruins it. But if this movie didn't do very well and this movie lends itself so well to a live action reboot. Yeah. And if Disney ever does it, I'll be first in line and I'll slam down that ticket and go, let me in. I want to watch this movie. But yeah. It, it's a very... it's. No, go on. No, sorry, mate. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to agree with you because I actually love this movie. And I did another podcast uh, with uh, a guest, uh, uh, 2020, maybe, one of, one of my first guests, mm. I think. And this was on his list of uh, favorite animated movies. And it was great to yeah. see someone else because, like you said, it, it didn't get acclaim really as a, um, a massively. Uh, important or uh, popular movie by Disney, but I actually think it was really well done. Visually, it was fantastic. I thought visually it was a great-looking movie, and the story was really cool, and the voice actors, uh, Emma Thompson, I think, was one of the voice actors, and Martin, yeah. Martin Short. Um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. I thought it was uh, it was really good, and and my eldest boy. Uh, what year was that? Uh, 2002? Yeah, 2002. Yeah, 2002. So, he was two In the UK, old. 2003, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he was two or three years old, and we we loved it. And as he got older, we've, we've watched it again, and every now and then we'll, mm. you know, we'll watch it. And then as my I had my other two boys, he and I got to introduce introduce them to the movie as well. And it, it's yeah. been really cool. It's been it's a bit of a family movie for us. We we love Treasure Planet. It is a, a really cool movie. So I could see yeah. how that it, is impactful for you. So yeah, it it, it just I, I don't know why, but it's a comfort movie. It's one of those movies that I just go back to for no real reason whenever I'm bored okay. or like just want just some want something from your childhood that just yep like just fills you with that just pleasant feeling of just childhood nostalgia which I love to rip on when I do it in my podcast because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of having nostalgia be a thing. But like I said, my opinion doesn't matter. So it's just 
it's just a joking sort of thing. But uh, yeah, no, I, I rewatched it. Um, I think during lockdown, and okay. I was just like, yeah, this this movie just sticks with me for some odd reason, and that's why it has an impact. Because no, when I was trying to think of other movies, this one just kept clawing its way back up into the like the section of my brain that went, put me in it, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> I deserve. I deserve all this praise and recognition. And I agree. It does. It does. And that's why I put it on here. Fantastic. Because it, it does deserve all the praise it can get. And I really, if Disney is going through every single movie and remaking it, please make this one, Disney. Like, yeah. do do everyone a favor and actually make one that makes sense to have a live action reboot. Don't do more Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> You've had enough Lion King, thanks. Uh, all right. So what's number nine? Uh, number nine is another animated childhood movie, Pokemon the first movie. Um, okay. <laughs> this one was the first movie that I... Have you ever watched Pokemon or been, like... Yes, yes. Been involved with it? Yeah. Yeah, I have watched it. Um, originally, because I'm not that into Pokemon, but... Oh, neither am I. This was... <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big fan of the games. and stuff. I don't have like a Nintendo console and stuff like that. I played like the original Game Boy versions and stuff like that. But yeah, so yeah, I haven't I, I haven't got like Nintendo stuff to play it on. I like the look of the new one, but yeah. that's about the most. I watched the anime up to like Diamond and Pearl, and then I haven't watched anything because okay. my childhood's like I dropped off. But yeah, go on. No, I was just gonna say, uh, this one actually intrigued me as to why it was on here in terms of being a, a movie that changed your life or was you know changed your view on things or was impactful. So I am really interested to find out why this is on there. Okay, so in the movie, the main antagonist is Mewtwo, and the whole point of the movie is that Mewtwo is a clone mm-hmm. of an original like god pokemon and so he resents humans for creating him because they just wanted him to be a fighting machine and go around killing everything or not killing anything in the pokemon world because it's a child-friendly show <laughs> just just making them faint that's okay yeah but uh so the the, the quote that stuck with me and has changed my viewpoint on a lot of things is at the end of the movie, Ash sacrifices himself and gets in between the two Pokemon because everyone's fighting. All the clones yes. are fighting the clones of them. And then, and then it basically Ash gets turned to stone. And one of the reasons is that's the first movie I ever cried at. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, as a child, that's the, that's the first memory of me ever crying at a movie is when Ash gets turned to stone. And then you see all the other Pokemon cry and their tears then bring him back. And then uh, the quote that Mewtwo says is, I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It's what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. And that quote is just always, like just changed how I saw everyone else. Okay. Because it doesn't matter if you're like gay, straight, bi, like black, white, yep. Asian, anything like that. It's just, it's what you do. If you do good things, that's all that matters in life. Yes. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. And it came from a children's movie (laughs) about monsters that fight. And I was just like, how has no one ever had a quote that good to just like define how you should view people? Yes. It's just, it's just that quote always stuck with me as just something that has always just defined what I view in someone. It's not what you, it's not what the circumstances of your birth, whether you're poor or anything like rich. It's just, if you're a nice person, 
that's all that matters. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole and no one needs to interact with you. Yep. But if you're nice, the purest form of your soul, that's what matters as a human being. That's why we do good because we want to do good. It doesn't matter where you come from. You're just good and you do good. And that's why it's on my list because it's just that that quote is just really well. Also, the animation, because um, Netflix redid it um, recently with like more like a different animation style. And it loses its impact when you change the animation style for some reason. And the music, the music on that in that movie is very impactful. Yeah, I must admit, I remember seeing the movie. I probably didn't take away as much of it as you did. And, and that's mm. that is perfect. That's that's two things. Like I looked at it, the movie and went. What is he going to take away from this that really influenced him so much? But obviously, there's two massive things there. One, the quote about you know being judged on your actions and your character, and not just where mm. you were born or who you were born or how you came into the world and what skin color you've got and things like that. But uh, the other thing is, I remember the first movie I cried at, which was Charlotte's Web. Mm. I was at the drive-ins with my grandparents, and when uh, Charlotte died at the end, I, you mm. know, I was in my, I was in my dressing gown and my pajamas in the in the car, watching it in a, a drive-in, and uh, and I was cry, I cried when she died, and I and I still remember yeah. that a long time on from now, uh, from then, sorry. So you've got two things in that movie that make it really special for you, and yeah, that's great, that's fantastic. If you want to know the other special, it comes. It came out uh, in Japan, I think, twenty days after I was born. Oh, really? Okay. Cause I, yeah, because it came out in nineteen ninety eight in July, and I'm born in July, and it came out in nineteen ninety eight, and I was born in July nineteen ninety eight. So I'm basically just like ten days older than this movie. <laughs> 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 so that, oh, that was a fun thing I found out when I was researching this because I was like, oh fuck, that movie came out uh when i was basically born <laughs> so so maybe it forever tied me maybe my circumstances of one's birth didn't matter it was what i did with the gift of life <laughs> <laughs> well how old were you when you saw it i think i was probably around six or seven okay because we got it in the uk in 2000 and, uh, 2000 and i i watched it on vhs mm-hmm. like videotapes um because I am y- old enough that I remember what VHS tapes are. <laughs> and I was I was between VHS tapes and DVDs. So I remember okay. it being really grainy on the big blocky TV. Um, and yeah, I think around six or seven. So okay. very young. Okay, so let's move on then. Let's move on to your number eight. What's your number eight movie, please? Number eight is Batman Begins. Okay. Um the reason I put this on the list was not because I think Batman Begins is the better of the Dark Knight trilogy. I do I do agree with most people when it comes to the Dark Knight trilogy that the Dark Knight is the better uh, movie. Mm-hmm. But Batman Begins is is the movie that makes Batman, uh, the Dark Knight Rises, and whatnot, the Dark Knight, and everything possible. Yes, it 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 reinvigorated the Batman franchise after the other ones had kind of tainted it a bit more. Because I don't know if you've ever watched the other ones, but they're not great. <laughs> Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer, all those ones. 
Yeah, George Clooney. The Michael yeah. Keaton ones are good. I love the it. Val Kilmer one. Yeah, yeah Val Kilmer ones. Oh, that's a different jet. Weakest yeah. of the weakest of them. But yeah, I I actually I, I think the that camp nature. They, they have and, a pl- special place in your chart. Yeah, I, I think oh. they're great. I still love Michael Keaton as Batman. I think that's one of my, if not my favorite Batman. So, well, he's coming back. So yes. Yeah, he's coming, yeah, okay. he's coming back for the Flash movie, Flashpoint Paradox. So, so uh, yeah, I'm Flash is my favorite uh, character probably in DC Universe. So, and I love that that oh. that cartoon, the Flashpoint Paradox. So, uh, hmm. seeing him as a, a beefy Thomas Wayne, uh, I don't know how that's going to to work, but we'll see. Uh, because Man, uh, yeah. Thomas Wayne's a pretty, he's, you know, he's got that aged. A uh, heavier set body in uh, Flashpoint Paradox, mm. and uh, he's lethal. I can see that in Michael Keaton. M- Michael Keaton can can play. I don't think he's playing Thomas Wayne. I think he's still playing Bruce Wayne. Is I think he playing- he's still doing his. I think he's still playing his original character. Oh, okay. I think that was. I think that was. I think because DC has changed their plans so much. I think the original plan was to do Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, and have. The guy who plays Ben Affleck's dad in that movie do the uh, Thomas Wayne Batman parallel universe, similar to more like the comics. Oh, okay. But I think DC then then has course corrected because they're steering away from Ben Affleck's Batman. I think they've course corrected it to nostalgia. We'll bring Michael Keaton back because we'll pay him a lot of money and people will just go and see it because Michael Keaton, because of the love of that. Okay. And Marvel's doing it the same with bringing the Spider-Man in. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen No Way Home. Um, <laughs> I always do that. I forget to say spoilers because people, relatively new stuff. I um, haven't seen it by now. Seriously, what are they It's doing? the biggest movie of 2021. Come on, it's, seriously. It's made over a billion dollars. People have seen it by now. I shouldn't have to put spoilers. No. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone's doing nostalgia. Star Wars does it. That everything's just doing nostalgia because it's it's prime for gold. Yeah, it's of just, course. Everyone loves the stuff from the past, and now we bring it back to the present with a new bunch of people, and then we'll continue it forever, and nothing ever dies. You can't have nice things for <laughs> it's just always there. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, Batman Begins for me. I watched it, and it just I'd never really been a Batman fan before because I'd just always gone. Oh yeah, Batman's cool. He looks cool. He's just like a rich guy. But Christian Bale has kind of just solidified Batman in my head. And the new one is really good, by the way. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely go see it. It does a very good job of um like everyone was scared uh, Robert Pattinson was gonna be bad because of Twilight. But no, he he really blows out of the park. What do you um, mean because in terms of, of performance? What do you mean because of Twilight? <laughs> <laughs> I like Twilight. Uh, I have only ever watched the first one, so I can't really talk. But uh, I had to deal with that being the prime of my like teenage years and every girl in school loving it and wanting to talk about it and being the edgy t- like teenager that I was. I had to hate everything that, that yeah. was popular. So <laughs> I-, I need to go and watch Twilight like properly. But I- I've just, I've seen the weird CGA baby at the end and i'm just like no <laughs> i read the books uh and then i watched the movies uh actually sorry no uh, i uh i watched uh twilight on a plane to hong kong and i'm a bit i love oh. vampires and stuff like that like i just did a review uh, episode on buffering the vampire slayer mm. a fantastic podcast devoted to buffy so i, I love vampires mm. and stuff like that so uh i wanted to sleep on the plane and this movie came on and i was like 
oh, I really want to go to sleep, but I really want to watch this movie. So I, I watched it and uh, came back and then I found out it was actually a book series. So I read the books mm. and then as by the time I'd finished the books, obviously the second movie was coming out and the third movie, all that sort of stuff. And I watched it. But I, I'm, I'm with you on the CGI baby that that's weird <laughs> looking yeah, completely. But uh, yeah. uh, and they are. They are designed for 16, 14, 16 year old girls. Yeah. You know, that's that young, young girls. Yeah. It's the romantic. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's not, it's not built for me. So I don't, like I said, I don't have an opinion on Twilight. <laughs> I just know that it's not for me. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let other people enjoy this. Yeah. Um, but did you know on planes, you're more likely to cry at a movie because it, your, your motion, your emotions are more, um, heightened because the, the pressure and heightened like because you're yeah. in pressure and yes. like, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Now, look, so maybe that's why you loved it. <laughs> it could have been, but I've watched it a lot of times since, but, yeah. um, uh, Batman begins, uh, it's a, look, I agree with you. It's a great movie. Why was it? Is it because it solidified Batman for you as a character that it solidified? Come to cause I, I, yeah, it, it solidified a character that has, cause I like, I like the, because we'll get to when we get to my number one, I'll go more into it. But I'm a big person who loves business and mm-hmm. um, the like the inner workings of businesses and the um, like how businesses operate, how they work, and how. And this is one of those movies that it's a rich guy who then goes and does crime fighting. How cool is that? His only power is he's rich. Yeah, he just he uses all his resources to go and change the world for better. Um, and I like that idea because again, I'm more of a person who I like the superheroes who have the powers of birth and they can do it, but I love a self-made hero who does it out of their own like moral compass. Yeah. And Batman in Batman Begins does it because it's like, it, it just, it's a good character and a good way to do it. And this was the movie that solidified Batman in that place where, yeah, this is how you do Batman. And this is how you solidify him across all these movies. And you then get the Dark Knight. You get the Dark Knight Rises. You then get Ben Affleck's attempt at doing Batman, um, which I kind of like. But I like in those it. movies, he's not good. Yeah, like he's, it. it's good. It was good. It's a good take. It's yeah. yeah. He's the best part of those movies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And Gal Gadot. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just the um, it's just the approach to how they did the character that annoyed me because okay. it's like he, he in in those movies at least because he doesn't really do anything except. Like, he's kind of an idiot because <laughs> he has this big plan to take down Superman. But all it is is stick a stick in the ground with a glowing rock on it and then fire some gas canisters into his face and then punch him a lot. Yeah. There's not really any, like, plan. And also the <laughs> whole, yeah. And the whole fight is constructed by Lex Luthor, who just kidnaps Bat- uh, Superman's mum. And Superman's a Superman, so he could go find his mum without the help of Batman. And then Superman just goes up to Batman intimidatingly goes and doesn't say a word, just starts walking towards him, even though he knows Batman hates him. And it's just all the character like motivation doesn't work in that movie. Okay. But like these, these movies are very, there's flaws. I'm sure people have found flaws in these movies, but like for the Batman trilogy, this was the one that worked the best. And I like the scarecrow. I like, um, Ra's al Ghul. I love Liam Neeson, so it's always nice to see him and stuff. And when he's just a badass mentor kicking Bruce Wayne's butt, it's just like, yeah, no, you're you're Liam Neeson. You're just action hero star now forever. That's it. Even though you were, even though you were serious actor, you're now just taken, 
all his other movies where he's just a man who has a vendetta oh. against people and just beats them. <laughs> I, I think that, and that's the thing. You're, you're right. He was. Uh, an actor that was all purpose and he was a very good mm. actor and then all of a sudden all of a sudden he became this action hero doing what are to a certain extent cookie cutter versions of the same thing just oh over yeah over it's the and- exact same plot i love all of them i've watched most <laughs> of them and it's just li- i love watching Liam Neeson, the 60 year old plus man just go around if you ever watch the edge there's um the funniest thing to watch is in taken free there is a shot where they edit like 13 shots in like three seconds of footage just of Liam Neeson climbing over a fence (laughs) because watching a 60 year old man try and climb over a fence isn't epic. Yeah. Yeah. So how they make it epic is cut it 13 different times in the span of three seconds to show him climbing over a fence. (laughs) And it's just one of the funniest aspects of like how ridiculous those movies can get. And it's just like, yeah, I love it. (laughs) Well, look, as Ryan Reynolds says, uh, you know, at, at what point uh, do you have to say, you know, it's just bad parenting that you let your child get kidnapped so many yeah. times? So, um, yeah. Uh, well, okay. that's why they stopped at free. Yeah. Like- <laughs> All right. So let's get into your number six and then we'll take a bit of a break. But what's your number six movie, please? Are we skipping seven? Oh, we didn't do so. Oh, sorry. My, my, we're we're yes. skipping seven. I was sorry. like, how can you skip the Lord of the Rings? All right. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's get into number seven. That's what I meant. You know that. Um, so yeah. number seven, yeah. what's your number seven movie? <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have to make sure that you gave me the full title because there are a couple of those as well. So The yes. Fellowship of the Ring, the first one. So, yeah. Yeah, again, similar to Batman Begins, it's like this was the fantasy epic that kind of defined like my love of fantasy. Because mm-hmm. I like, I've gone on to like, I've started like doing D&D where you're like going into those worlds and playing characters yourself and stuff like that. Um, and this was like the movie that, as a lot of people clearly love, is just like the defining like adaptation of something. Because you have like, you have like Harry Potter and you have uh, Marvel stuff, you have like DC and stuff. But like every time someone says, what's the perfect adaptation of something? The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The trilogy of Lord of the Rings. Yep. Like the perfect adaptation of something to cinema from the books. Yep. Like I'm, I'm sure there are people who are complaining that there aren't like Tom Bombadil exactly. or something in the movies. Uh, and was, it's just like, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> and it, it like, but, and, but like, you gotta like you gotta appreciate how good these movies are. Are they magnificent? Um, yeah, yeah. And these are like the good kind of long movie. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever watched the um, extended cuts and stuff, which make it like six hours per film. And yeah, I need to do that at one stage because I just haven't owned them. And <laughs> most streaming services do the um, the shortened version. shorter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because who? who um, and I, I want to like one day go and have the time to be able to do that where I just sit for like six hours of my life, just watching those movies mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it never drags. I have never, I've rewatched these movies so many times and the first one never drags. It's just a lot of talking and it's just a lot of people going from one place to the other where they just look badass doing it. And you got little hobbits and they're just tall and short people. And it's just like the forced perspective. And it's just, it's, it's just well done. And it just ignited this love of um, 
fantasy that I never had before. Like I was always more of the space fantasy, the Star Wars, sci-fi the um, stuff, yeah. sci-fi stuff. Cause that's always cooler. Like old stuff ugh, doesn't look modern and new, but these were just like, no, nope, you're stuck in, you're going to love fantasy. You're going to love the whole swords and shields and bashing orcs and things. And just like, it was just, it's just a nice moment. And also I've watched them with my um, friends, family, they're just like movies that you can just sit down and watch with people and everyone you know will love them. Like there's no awkward, oh, I don't like The Lord of the Rings. It's just like, no, you love The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I have never met a person who hasn't at least enjoyed them. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think there's a person. I'm sure there are. I'm sure someone in the comments will maybe go, I never liked these movies. But again, opinions are subjective and you can hate it. I'm... I'm not fast. <laughs> it's a classic evil versus good sort of situation yeah. with, you know, obviously a, a rich tapestry of story to tell that uh, that 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 epic battle. So, uh, one question, Do you, have you read the books? No. Okay. And I I will tell you why I haven't read the books. Um mainly because I'm dyslexic. Okay. And reading has always been kind of muddlesome for me Bit of a because yeah. it, it, it never it never sit I can't read the words and when it's fantasy stuff and you have made up words and it's all gibbledy jubbledy boop and it's just like I'm like how the hell do I pronounce this word in my head and my head is already trying to pronounce a word that doesn't make any sense yeah. but it's in English and yeah. it's written normally yeah so if I ever did it I would probably go audiobook and I okay. just need to I need to reignite my audio uh, audible subscription and stuff like that to like get the books and audio. And then like, it, it is something on my bucket list to do is to listen to the, um, or, or maybe even attempt to learn and get better at reading. Um, but I will, I'm guessing you have. There, yeah. I, I read uh, the Hobbit when I was very young. And uh, then after that, I read Lord of the Rings when I just, I think I was just going into high school. I might have even been the mm. last year of primary school here. Uh, I started them, and obviously they were fairly long, so I did finish them when I was in early high school. Uh, and that's why I asked, because you were talking about adaptations, and, and I'd have to wholeheartedly agree, Peter Jackson did an amazing job. You know, from the costumes yeah. to the, you know, the story, the dialogue, the, the sound actors, design, the sound design, everything. And obviously, you know, you look at the vistas of New Zealand and they fit perfectly mm. with all the different parts of the, the story. Um, they, they're able to find spots that were just perfect. And it, for me, it's the most complete adaptation of such an epic, epic story as well. That, uh, yeah, it's what do you think of the Hobbit? Can I ask? I, I thought it was okay. Um, because uh, I really struggled with the Hobbit. I don't. I don't like because... it as much as Lord of the Rings. Put it that way. Uh, mm. uh, in terms of an adaptation, I love the book. The book was, you know, that that for me was yeah. one of the one of the books that I probably from the Hobbit. The, the Hobbit really got me into reading. Uh, mm. um, and it was suggested by a teacher. Uh, at school because I was I was reading uh, a lot of other uh, books and things like that and I was into a bit of you know like uh, Gary Gygax D&D sort of stuff as well in mm. terms of the stories not so much playing the game but those sorts of stories yeah. Dragonlance Chronicles all that sort of stuff and um, someone suggested oh you might want to you know give this a go so I did and and then 
I found out there's more books. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the rings. And, and uh, so I read them. And there's been good adaptations of books since then. But for me, nothing has been close to what Peter Jackson did with the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy. I thought that was fantastic. It did make me want to pick up a book and read it. But then, like I said, dyslexia kind of always halted that and made me go. Yeah, it gets in the way hmm. a bit. I can understand. Yeah. So. All right, fantastic. I will, I will, I, I will probably. Maybe after this, finally purchase the audiobooks and listen to them whilst I'm at work because I'm allowed. Like, I have some. I always normally listen to podcasts, but I might try and listen to The Lord of the Rings and actually get into them because yeah. I want, I do, I do want to indulge myself in that world even more. Yeah. Because it does, it, it is such a rich tapestry. I watched the, um, like movie Tolkien, which is like his, the, the author, yeah. like actually yeah, right, trying right, to yeah, start yeah. it up and yeah. write it up and, yeah. Like how he formed it with the other like famous um, writers and everything, and how he formed like a little club. Yes, and that was a really good movie. I, I didn't know much about Tolkien before that, but um, well, yeah, no, I enjoyed that movie. You it, probably know more about it because I haven't actually seen that movie. Um, so I've read like Silmarillion, I've read Unfinished mm-hmm. Tales and Lost Tales, and some of the stuff that his son actually finished. But I've actually never yeah. seen that movie, so uh, that would I, I'll have it's, to. Have it's a, worth a watch because um, it, it's it it's. Because he, I didn't realize that he was all. Because I knew when it came out and stuff. I always forget that it's around World War One. Like, mm. It's that old. That's mm. how old these books are, and how, like, how they, they are. Like, every generation probably knows of them, has read them, or has like, and then you finally get it on the big screen, and it's just this epic fantasy movie, and you finally see the picture, the the pictures in your head realized on something, and that. I would love to have had that. I would have loved to have had that. Like for me, it was just, this is really, really, really cool. But then to have it translated so well yeah. and having read it and then finally something like, I imagine a lot of adaptations, I think before that were kind of like, yeah, these are okay, but this, this is, this is how you do <laughs> this it. Is right. how you do this it. is just, yeah. this is how you do it. Right. This, the CGI and it, the co- like sort of things, has kind of reached a point where it all works. Yeah. And it's not bad and it doesn't like look horrible to like 10 years down the line. <laughs> these mov- those movies look amazing still to this day. Oh, 100%. All right. Now. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit worried about, the- I'm, I'm just a little bit worried about that Lord of the Rings TV show that Amazon's doing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's good. I really do because. Yeah. The amount of money Amazon, money Amazon is spending on it, it's the most expensive TV show ever made. Oh, okay. So if they fail, it, it's a billion dollars for like five seasons. Gee, okay. So they are pumping so much money into this. Oh, okay. um, Also, apparently, I, I was on our new show. Um, uh, we, we covered the fact that the rights to the movies and the video games and everything are going up for sale. Oh. Like they're, they're um, so... They they can actually be redone if someone buys them. So God no. <laughs> which not. yeah, that's that's a worrying thought if you ever wanted yeah. one. But hey, I, I just want I, I just want to dive into that world a bit more. But I hope that show's good. All right. Let's get on to number six. Pirates of the Caribbean Curses the Black Pearl is a very good movie. And I like the the first three. The fourth and fifth are like yeah, I, I, I enjoy them, but they're all right. Um, the reason I chose this one was because it was the first movie that came, like, I I watched that had, like, a 
a badass female that wasn't just like the damsel in distress. Okay. And I, I like that sort of heroine, like badass heroine. Um, and it, it's, I've gone on to like watch other movies with just strong female leads. And I just kind of like that. Cause I always, I don't have a problem with like the rom-com female stuff or anything like that, but it's just nice to see women be treated as equals where mm-hmm. they can do the same stuff um in cinema and stuff like that where it's not just oh yeah you're just eye candy or you're just the emotional one mm. you're like but like Kira Knightley in the movie just kicks ass and is like I was just thinking back to the movie and it's just she's the only one who goes back to the cave all the other pirates just go nah you go we'll just go off and leave Jack and um Will to die but she goes back and tries to save them she's like really badass and I'm just like yeah, this this just is a strong female-led character, and it's done right. And it's just like the first one that I saw, and this was why I was like, okay, because I did watch Pirates of the Caribbean before I watched The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Have you seen? If it? you're I... wondering why, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I said it's the first because I did watch Pirates of the Caribbean before I watched Lord of the Rings. Okay, I know there are strong female cool characters in Lord of the Rings. Don't don't hate me, please. Oh no, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was actually <laughs> going to say, have you seen Aliens? <laughs> oh, Alien. <laughs> no, I have not actually ever seen Alien. I haven't seen Alien. No, there are so many movies that people go, oh my God, you haven't seen that, but you love movies. And I can, I didn't watch the first Terminator until last year. Okay. So I, I, I miss, I miss a lot of the nineties, eighties stuff because like I was saying before, a lot of it's been spoiled for me. So okay. I know what happens in Aliens. I know what happens in Terminator 2. I know what happens in, like I need to, and also I'm I'm gonna watch them because they're all now on Disney Plus. So I will be watching them at some stage. I'll be watching like the uh, Rambo's and the uh, uh, not a string predator. Yeah, not a strong female lead like. in, in either of those ones. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No strong female lead <laughs> there. <laughs> no, they're they're, they're the uh, very early on masculine. Just everyone's super roided up, and we're gonna. We're just going to shoot guns and not have emotions. We're going to just, yeah. And that, I, I like that. I like that for a fun thing, but I do like some depth to a character that isn't yeah. just guns and, and muscles and everything like that. Because I could never achieve those standards. I'm just like, oh, I'm a skinny watch. white boy from the UK. I'm like, never going <laughs> to. You should watch Alien. Um, apart from the fact that I, it, I will. It's, a, it's a great movie, if you, you like to see a, a strong, strong female lead, that's the epitome of it, I think, yeah. because I, I, yeah, she always, she always pops up in the like top female lead movies and stuff like that. I, I do generally need to watch it. It is one of the biggest flaws I have when I have credit for like watching movies. It's like you haven't watched this movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the worst. I, I do apologize <laughs> for never having watched it. It was just never available anywhere when yeah. I wanted to watch it because like. I watch most of the stuff from like streaming platforms and everything like that, or when I had DVDs and stuff, but okay. it's only what your parents get you. Yeah, of and, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wasn't allowed to watch like, it's like an eight, it's like, it's an R rate. It's like high, high up on the scale of like adult, isn't it? It's but a lot of violence. It's, like, it's, it's like 15 or something. And I wasn't really allowed to watch those sorts of things as a kid. My parents were kind of, strict. but then they gave up on video games, which is always a weird thing. 
Yeah. It's like you can't watch this movie that's a but dog, but you can play video. this video game <laughs> that you have more interaction with and you can shoot people. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's so, it's, yeah. it's funny with Alien, the the original. It there there is a little bit of gruesome sort of you know uh, horror violence, but that movie is more about the fact of what you don't see. Uh, that what yeah. I think makes that movie so uh, epic uh, and remarkable. Oh, I do think it looks. So, I do think it looks incredible from what it's like the clips I've seen and the yeah. the way the aliens like m- like the way the alien works and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of practical effects as well. So. It was, yeah. And, and Aliens... But I do I do love that. Sorry, I was just going to say, one? yeah, the sequel, Aliens, was, it's one of my top uh, movies. I, I love, uh, you know, Bill Paxton in that. There's some very quotable lines from him in there. And as an act, more of an action movie, uh, you know, that's probably what brings a lot of other people to the franchise with that movie. But the original one... Uh, yeah, it's just a for me, it was, and I, you know, not just me, I think it's everybody that watches that movie. It's the suspense that's <clears throat> that's actually uh built in that movie that makes the movie what it is. And it was a little groundbreaking at the time in terms of again the effects, <clears throat> so not too industrial light and magic type of groundbreaking, but it was still pretty good. But yeah, I, I will because I was just checking, they are on Disney Plus and the. They're 16 plus for Alien and 18 plus for Aliens. Oh, so, yeah, I was... Okay. That, that That's UK standard, so I don't know what it would be in Australia, but... Yeah, it's weird. Apparently, Aliens of the Deep is zero plus, so I don't know how <laughs> that works. <laughs> but that's that's just a completely different thing. Yeah, um, but, yeah, they, they are now on Disney, so I will now 100% watch them because... I, I pay for Disney Plus and I need to get my money's worth somehow. And if I'm watching a good film, that's always good money value. Fantastic. So, all right. Yeah. So, so strong female lead. That's what uh, it came down to with Caribbean, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Curse of the Black Pearl. So, fantastic. Let's, let's take a break, give you a chance to uh, get a drink <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll come back yep. and we'll talk about you a little bit more. And that's it for another week. I hope you enjoyed the first part of my chat with Daniel Frankham. He's a really interesting guy, and as you can see from his countdown, he gave this topic uh, a lot of thought before he came onto the show, which I really appreciate. If you'd like to listen in for the second part of my chat with Daniel and the conclusion to the countdown of his topic list, then join me next week as we also delve a little deeper into his personality and find out, amongst other things, what keeps him up at night. Otherwise, I'll, well, I normally say I'll chat at you again next week, but with my release schedule uh, of late, maybe it's just better if I say I'll chat at you again next episode.